This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we are here live at our studios at Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, our flagship station. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports with you. Been on the radio now in Kansas City for 29 years, been in practice for 40 years as a sports psychologist, working with athletes at all levels, concentration, focus, mental preparation, you name it, that's what we delve into here on this station in this show. And look forward each week to coming in and talking with you because I try to talk about topics that I think will be relevant to how we're dealing with things today. And today, with everything going on in our society, there's so much happening. The pandemic, the results of the election, the protests, all the things going on, there's a tremendous amount of anxiety in our society. How we handle that, how we cope with that is so important. And as a coach, you're wearing so many hats. You know, the scenario now with sports, youth sports especially, it's tentative. We're hearing all over the place that some youth sports is being canceled, some youth sports is being shut down. Some sports are going ahead. It depends where you live, it depends on the state the community you live in. And how you handle that, how you deal with that is really important. And and this is where I think the role of a coach takes on even more importance. Because a coach's role is one of a guide, a disciplinarian, a psychologist, a friend, a coach, a teacher, a mentor, And a coach does many, many things for athletes, positively and sometimes negatively. And so now how you handle that is so important. Your job as a coach involves a lot of things. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I want to get into this with you because in today's today's life, how you how you get mentally prepared, how you deal with the pressures and anxieties as an athlete is so, so important. And that's where I think a coach's job comes into play. So I want to talk about that today. So I'd like to, to give you my opinion and then I want to hear from you. If you're a coach, how are you dealing with coaching today? Because so much is about the interactions you have with your athletes about life now. Not just about X's and O's. Not just about designing a certain play 
or how you're going to block or how you're going to guard or how you're going to shoot or how you're going to, you know, if you're a swimmer, how you're going to fall through in your strokes or whatever it might be, how you're going to work together as a team. But how do you feel? How are you dealing with stuff? I, I am a psychologist, so I obviously talk with people, work with people, listen to people about their feelings about how they handle things. And more so than ever, this is important in our society because of everything going on. The stressors and pressures that exist today are greater than ever. This pandemic, unfortunately, is exploding in our country right now. The cases are exponentially going up. People are scared. Yet sports is still going on. And it's, a, it's a, an outlet, it's a venue to do things. But we've got to be careful, we've got to be safe, we've got to be smart. So that's where a coach's job is maybe more important than ever. If you're a coach, first of all, how are you coping today? How are you handling the pandemic yourself? Has it affected the way you coach? Has it affected the way you communicate with your athletes? Has it affected how you speak to them, how you handle them, how you work with them? And how important, more so than ever now, is the mental side? How important is mental preparation? How important is coaching people? Talking about feelings, talking about fears, talking about anxieties. You know, it was three years ago now, I believe, that Kevin Love had that panic attack playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Came off the floor. They didn't know what was going on. Took him into the locker room. During a game, he could barely breathe. They ended up taking him to a hospital where they finally figured out you had a panic attack. And at first, you know, he was oblivious. What's going on? Why? Well, he started working on himself mentally. He started working on himself psychologically. He's talked about it. And he is now a major spokesman for mental health and pressure and anxiety and how we deal with this. And that's why, to me, if you are a coach, today more than ever, your job is more important because you have to be a sports psychologist in your own way with your athletes. You have to help them handle their pressures and stressors. So one of the things that I suggest, if you're a coach, is that you take a practice on a regular basis and talk to your kids or adults, whoever you're coaching, whatever age they might be. And I don't care if it's eight-year-olds or college students or professional athletes. And ask them, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Are you excited to play or scared to play? How are you feeling with everything going on? And talk about it. It's almost like a group therapy session as a coach. But I think today more than ever, that is more important than it's ever been. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
November is Lung Cancer Awareness Month. Lung cancer is the second most common form of cancer diagnosed among both men and women and is the leading cause of cancer-related death, resulting in more deaths than colon, breast, and prostate cancers combined. But lung cancer research is underway that is focused on exploring treatment options that could help more patients live longer lives. Samantha Gothelf is vice president and the head of U.S. medical oncology at Bristol-Myers Squibb, a company committed to advancing treatment for lung cancer. We are in the midst of a remarkable time in cancer research as scientific breakthroughs are happening faster than ever before in human history. Research has made important progress that is changing the way lung cancer is treated. Bristol-Myers Squibb scientists are at the forefront of this work, exploring new frontiers in the treatment of lung cancer that may have the potential to improve survival for more patients. We will keep working until we can offer hope for each patient with lung cancer. For more information, visit lungcancerresearch.com. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. 
Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week to talk about the mental side of sports. And today's topic is this. With our situation in society today with the pandemic, with the stress we're all dealing with, how are you coping? And as a coach, I'd like to hear from you. What are you talking to your athletes about this? How are you talking to them about it? What are you saying to them? Are you taking time as a coach, maybe now more than ever, to be a psychologist with them? To take the time to talk with them, to understand them, to see how they're feeling. Because I think now more than ever, your job may be more important than it's ever been from the perspective of understanding your athletes as people. I'd love to hear from you. Let's get some calls in. I want to get a discussion going about this. Because I think this is maybe as important a thing to talk about as anything pertaining to sports. Now, I love sports. If you've listened to this show, you know I've been doing this show for here at Sports Radio 810 WHB for 19 years. In January, I'll be beginning, beginning my 30th consecutive year on radio here in Kansas City. And our show is rebroadcast around the country in a number of cities. It's podcasted all over the place. And getting lots of listens to the podcast now, I've been noticing the numbers have been going up because... Obviously, podcasts are very popular, and this type of topic is popular and important. So, as a coach, are you taking the time to talk with your athletes about their stressors, their fears, their anxiety, their, their, the, the panic that they may have? Because a lot of them have it. You know, and let's face it, a lot of athletes aren't going to say anything. I, don't want, I want to go to practice. I want to play. I don't want to let the coach know I'm scared because he or she may not play me. And then they keep that inside, and what happens, that sort of builds and builds, and then it becomes more and more anxiety. The fear gets greater, and then that can turn to a panic attack. That's why to pan- I've worked with athletes for years with panic attacks. Panic attacks come from a fear, an ingrained fear that typically comes from something when they were younger, something they haven't dealt with. And you don't have to be an athlete to have a panic attack. Everybody has can have them, obviously. We all get panicked or stressed or anxious about something. But for a lot of athletes, you know, it, it, it's when a coach gets on them about something when they've screwed up. I had a young man in this week, and we were talking about this. And let's see, he's 17 years old, and he, he broke down. He broke down crying the other day in my office. We were both wearing masks, by the way. And separated. I wear a mask in my office to everyone now when, when I see people in person. And we keep distanced. And he started crying. Because it went back to when he was 12. He's now 17. When he was 12, he messed up on a, on a play. And a coach yelled at him. Cursed at him for messing up. And that has carried over into his life. He's kept it inside. He's never talked about it. Never talked about it with his parents. His parents weren't at that game. And it all came out because he's scared of screwing up. And he's scared now to play anything because of getting yelled at. And he's scared about getting yelled at because not trying. And he's scared of trying 
because he's afraid of catching the virus because he doesn't want to push himself out there. He's going to try for his high school basketball team, but he's scared to try out. He goes, Doc, Dr. Jacobs, I'm scared. I said, well, you need to talk with your parents about it. But he goes, you know, I, I'm going to be a starter on the team. I'm a junior. I'm going to be a starter on the varsity team. I said, well, you need to talk with your parents about that. You need to talk to the coach about it. He's going to think I'm weak. I said, well, you know what? Then he's not a good coach. I'm sorry. If your coach thinks you're weak because you're scared to play because of the pandemic going on and catching the coronavirus, then your coach has issues. And then that's where you need to go beyond him. But you need to start by talking to him. So I'm going to be interested this week when we meet. We're actually going to have a Zoom meeting this week and see what he says. Because if that coach, if that coach does not respect the fact that this young man's scared, that guy shouldn't be coaching, in my opinion. I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, give me your thoughts on this. If you're a parent, give me your thoughts on this. If you're an athlete, give me your thoughts. We've got a scenario right now where the pandemic is exploding in this country. The cases have exponentially gone up. Every day, we're almost getting close to 200,000 people testing positive now, a day. Yet, sports is still going on. Although a lot of sports are being canceled, youth sports are being canceled around the country in a number of places, yet a lot of places they're not. So if you are a coach, are you talking to your kids, to the parents about this? If you're a parent and your son or daughter is playing sports, how do you feel about that? Do you want them to play? Of course, you want them to play, but are you fearful of them playing in the scenario now? And if you're an athlete, what about you? Are you comfortable going out there to play sports right now? We're seeing NFL players every week having to quarantine because of either being infected or being around someone with the virus. Every week, college football games are being canceled. There were four SEC games canceled this past week because of people testing positive. The indoor sports season is about to start. And it's going to be an extremely interesting scenario with this. Because personally, I don't see how indoor sports is going to make it successfully with everything going on as it is. I I hope it does. But you tell me how it's going to work. Because if you're you're a wrestler, I mean, you're, you're in contact with your opponent. You're on top of each other. If you're playing basketball, you're sweating and bumping into each other. You're all touching the ball. It's going to be a difficult scenario. I'm not trying to say things anybody doesn't realize or know. It's just facts. So if you're a coach, how are you going to handle this situation? So, Blake, let me ask you a question. You played football. Did you play basketball, too, or not? I played them all. Okay. I figured you probably did. Okay. So if you were in high school right now in this scenario, now you just you just recovered from quarantine because you had family members that tested positive. You didn't, but you, you, you're fine and they're fine. Okay. But if you were playing sports right now in high school on the high school basketball team with the situation as it is right now, how comfortable would you be and, and, and what would you do? You know, I think that's a hard question just because everybody's a little different. I mean, I personally feel pretty good about my own immune system, but I know that not everybody else either does or, you know, maybe 
doesn't always take care of their immune system or they're just, you know, worried in general. I think it's kind of such a wide spectrum of, of things to be worried about and different degrees to be worried, like different degrees people are worried. I personally, you know, I'd be obviously conscious of it. Um, I'd probably, if especially if I'm playing around teammates, uh, I would definitely quell the my outside school activities or, or anything like that just to make sure, hey, if I am going to play, I'm not I'm not putting myself in a position to also put other people in a bad position. You know what I mean? So I'd probably be very conscious about what I was doing off the field away from my teammates. Um, well, and you, I, okay, okay, let me interject something. You would. Yes. But how do you know your teammates are? Because well, you're, 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 you're in a high school, high school basketball team with about you know, 14 guys, 12, 14 guys on your team, and then yeah. you've got a JV team and a sophomore team, or fresh, freshman team. There could be 40 people out there. How do you know everybody's doing the same thing you're doing? You don't, and that's one thing that you, that you as a player either have to address personally with yourself and say, hey, am I comfortable knowing that people might be out there? Or you you take your team aside and you guys have a team meeting. You guys come together as a team. You guys you say, hey, guys, if we're going to do this, we have to keep in mind everybody else in our scenario. You know, we're not just out here cavaliering around individually after school doing our own thing because we don't have anybody else to, to you know, worry about we have to work as a team because we're playing a team sport so that means we have to also operate as a team yeah okay so your your team is doing what's right but how do you know the other team is you don't you don't at, so at that's some point a, you have to be able to just say hey this is all i can control we're going to at least control what i can and if you feel comfortable with those parameters you go ahead and go forward if you don't then you take that into your own hands so i know of some people who i've seen professionally in my office who decided not to play some sports and were criticized because they were good athletes by teammates and coaches for not playing, not participating. And then they're, they're angry and upset that they've got teammates or coaches upset at them for not playing because they have an elderly grandparent living with them. And they're like, you know what? I'm not taking a chance at this. I will forfeit this season of my, my career to take the time off. And I just think it's important. You know, it's an individual decision everybody has to make. And so I just think it's important that you have to, you have to decide what you're going to do. And I'd love to hear from you. I want to hear from, if you're a coach, how are you dealing with all this right now? What are you saying to your athletes? If you're a parent, your son or daughter wants to play sports, where, where do you stand with that? And if you're an athlete, what are you going to do? This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. 
If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio. 810 WHB in Kansas City. And today's topic is this. In light of the scenario we're dealing with today, with the pandemic and the pressures that exist, how comfortable are you as a coach, as a parent, as an athlete playing sports right now? Should we be playing winter sports? Many places, 
are canceling winter sports, whether it's basketball, swimming, wrestling, volleyball, whatever, indoor track. It's being canceled. And it's an issue right now for a lot of people. What should we do? And this is where I think your job as a coach, maybe more than ever, is more important than it's ever been. Because you have to sit down and talk with these kids and parents about feelings, about emotions, about fear. Is it comfortable? Are you comfortable? How are you going to handle it? We have our first Brave Caller of the Morning. It's Greg. Greg, good morning. How are you? Oh, fine, Dr. Jacobs. How are you today? Well, I'm wide awake and ready to talk. So tell me your thoughts on this. I appreciate you calling in. Well, I was, I was, uh, I've been wondering. I have so many friends who have uh, kids the age where they're going through sports programs. And I was wondering uh, about that, how to talk to the kids and, and uh, your thoughts on uh, the pandemic and, and the uh, local sports. Well, my opinion is this. I think you have to, as a family, first and foremost, sit down and talk together with your son or daughter about the situation we're dealing with right now. Because it's, 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 it's a scary situation for everybody. This pandemic is getting worse, and the statistics say the cases are exploding. So you have to ask yourself, how comfortable are we as a family having you go play? And if you have an elderly grandparent or aunt or uncle living with you or someone who has health issues, then you have to even be more sensitive to that. And that's where I think it starts with you as a family talking about it. And then if the athlete decides to play, then I think, quite frankly, I would almost require coaches to have a meeting with the parents and the athletes together to discuss the situation and talk about the safety issues, talk about how, what's going to be implemented and how you're going to deal with this. Okay, Greg, well, what do you, that's my thought, but what do you think? Oh, I, I think I really appreciate your thoughts and the, the idea of having the coaches and parents and the athletes meet is uh, a really fine idea. Do you have kids? I have kids, but they're, they're grown out of sports now, except for uh, recreational. Um, and But I have grandkids and a great many nieces and nephews. Okay, so, what, so if, if you were asked... Greg, what would you do? What should we do? What would you say to them? What would, what would your opinion be? Oh, I definitely want to sit down with everyone and talk through the, the possibilities and, and find out how people are feeling. And sometimes I think kids feel pressured to stay in sports programs, uh, to be on a team, and pressured in a way that uh, can be both good and bad. Um, Sometimes it's a growth uh, emotionally and that kind of thing. But uh, sometimes it's a pressure to be part of the crowd and uh, uh, go ahead and brave it out because, you know, at a young age, you think you're indestructible. Well, let me, let me, let me jump in there for, because I, as, I, as you're talking, this is popping in my mind. So there are a lot of people who don't believe this exists, Right. Would you agree with mm-hmm. me on that? There are people that oh, yeah. say this, oh, come on, just the flu, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, there are 250,000 people who've died from it in this country, so it's, it's not just the flu, it's a very serious issue. And, and let's face it, a lot of people who catch this, 
are fine. Most people who catch it are fine. Most people who catch the coronavirus end up being fine. But a lot of people aren't. And there are a lot of people who are having uh, lifelong issues now we're hearing. And they call them long haulers with the issues that, that continue on. So if you were a parent in this situation and you're doing you're you're letting you're sitting down talking about your child decides to play what are you going to do if there's a child on the team who has parents or that kid says oh it has that opinion this doesn't exist it's no big deal i don't care how comfortable would you then be with your child being on that team oh i'd i'd be uncomfortable i would uh, really want to caution my child and if necessary i'd i'd have to pull them out of the program you wouldn't have any trouble doing that then taking them out no no and what what so and and then what if you did that and then people start saying well you're you're taking your your son or daughter off the team and they're one of our key players now we're not going to do as well because they're not going to be here yeah i'd say look to the the long term the long haul like you you described Uh, we want a healthy child and healthy community long haul that's first and foremost our job uh, to get them through school safely and then to, uh, to educate them and, and give them an opportunity for the future. So you wouldn't have any trouble with that. It's like, hey, you know what? Our health and safety is foremost here. So sorry. Too bad you feel that way. Yeah, I would, I would do that. And, would that. And do you feel a coach, as I, as I stated earlier, should have a meeting with all the parents and the athletes to talk about this issue, or should they just ignore it and, and, and blow it off and, and not talk about it? They should talk about it. In fact, they should talk about it uh, at least several times during a season if, if the season carries on. Um, the, the idea of a child being concerned and having questions uh, is ongoing. They, they could have their mindset one way at the beginning and change their minds along the way or have questions and and not be certain of what what they should do yeah well that's why i as a psychologist obviously i listen to people and i talk with people and and my job is to you know give feedback and try to guide people through things like this and that's why we're doing this show listen sir i want to thank you for calling in this morning i appreciate your comments and you stay safe and say well i appreciate your call Keep up the good work, Dr. Jacobs. Okay, thank you. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. All right, that frees up our lines here. That was a great call. I'd love to hear. If you're a coach, I'd love to hear from you. How are you, do, how are you doing yourself right now with this whole situation? Are you comfortable being a coach, out there coaching, coaching kids? It could be youth sports, could be high school sports, professional, collegiate, any level. How comfortable are you doing it? If you are an athlete, you probably want to play. I'd want to play. But you've got to decide what's the, what's the, the best thing to do. If, if, I, I know growing up, my grandmother lived with us. And probably if I was a high school athlete right now, I'd, I'd want to go play. But knowing that that my grandmother was there and I could possibly infect her, then I probably would have said, you know what, I'm not going to do it. That's just me personally. 
I think we're in this situation right now where a lot of people have to make personal decisions that are going to affect not just how they're doing things today, but how they deal with things later on in life. More so than ever, I think it is so important as a coach now to be a good communicator, a good listener. Talk with your athletes, talk with the parents. Like, like Greg just discussed, he agreed. I think as a coach, you should have a meeting with the athletes and parents together to talk about your views, your opinions, and ask them theirs. How comfortable are they with their kids playing sports now? And if you've got people who don't want to do it, I think you have to respect them for it. You have people that want to do it, you have to respect them too. But I think it's something you have to continually talk with kids about. I, and, and you know, I think as a, a really good coach, I've always said it before, a good coach is a good psychologist, a bad coach needs a sports psychologist. And right now more than ever, good coaches are not just going to be good psychologists, they be great psychologists. They've got to be good listeners. I'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts on this. on sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker. Your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition.
Storing your gun securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Today's topic is this. In light of the pandemic and everything going on right now, how comfortable are you with your kids playing sports? If you're a parent, we had a great call from Greg here a little while ago, and I'd love to hear from you. If, you, if you're a parent, are you comfortable with your kids playing sports? If you're a coach, how comfortable are you coaching right now? I'd love to hear from you. If you're an, and if you're an athlete, do you feel good about going out and playing? You know, we've got the winter sports starting up. Basketball, wrestling, volleyball, or indoor track. Swimming, obviously indoors, unless you're in a warm climate. And so kids are going to be around each other in closed, in, in closed areas. And if you're playing basketball or you're playing or you're participating in wrestling, the other sports are going to be around each other. And I know this past week we've seen the numbers of infected people in this country exponentially go up higher. We've seen a lot of communities now putting parameters on how safe it is to participate in youth. A lot of youth sports are being canceled, postponed. The Ivy League just canceled all winter sports for the entire winter, everything. You're seeing a lot of scenarios right now where people are scared to participate. So I started talking about panic attacks and anxiety. Everybody gets these things if you're not in a comfortable situation or if there's something bothering you. So I think a coach's job right now, maybe more so than ever, more so than ever, is to be a good communicator and listener. And as I said earlier, I'd love to, I'd love to hear, if you're a coach, I'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts. I'm just telling you what I think, but I'd love to hear what you think. If you're a coach, what are you going to do about all this? How are you going to handle it? Are you going to have a meeting with the parents and kids, or are you just going to go at practice and just say, you know, we're just going to play until we're told we can't play? I'd really like to hear from you if you're a coach and get your thoughts. Because I'm just telling you mine. And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just giving you my opinion. But we're all entitled to our opinions. So since I'm the one talking right here, I'm giving you mine. Anyway, the situation is this. I think if you're a coach, you're going to coach an indoor sport right now. I think it's imperative that you have a mandatory meeting, mandatory, with the parents and kids before you start a practice. And I don't care if this is youth, bitty basketball, if it's high school, wrestling, whatever it is. You have a meeting and you talk about this scenario. You discuss your thoughts. You discuss your fears. You discuss how practices are going to go. 
you're going to discuss what the scenario will be if you have to cancel practice. How you're going to handle it. Because you know what? In my opinion, what's most important is your safety. Your health. I mean, I'm a sports psychologist. I love sports. I've played sports my whole life. I'll be 66 years old next month. God willing, I'm going to live to my 90s. And hopefully I'll be doing this show for quite a while longer. I've been on the radio, still be starting my 30th year in January. I, my goal is to be on for 50 years. I'd be pretty old at that point, but you know, I'd be 86. That'd probably be a time to hang it up, but who knows. But here's my point. You've got, as a coach, you have to talk with the parents and the kids about safety now and about fear and about anxiety. Because everybody's got some of that right now. And anyone who denies it is lying. Anyone who says, oh, I'm not scared, it's no big deal. I don't believe that. How you handle that, how you talk about that, how you express that is maybe more important now than ever. Great coaches, not good coaches, great coaches are first and foremost good listeners. They listen to the people they're working with. They listen to their assistant coaches. Great coaches ask their assistant coaches for feedback and give them feedback about what they're doing and how they're doing it. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? Did I handle this right? Did I do this wrong? What do you think? I think great coaches take the time to listen. Great coaches take the time for feedback. Great coaches are not afraid to hear what others have to say to them about what they're doing because they have that trust level. So with the kids you coach, especially today, you know, if you've listened to this show, you know, I talk all the time about mental preparation. Taking time mentally to get ready. What are you doing to visualize your performance? What do you do to mentally prepare to go out there and play? Research has found that athletes who visualize have a 75 to 90% greater chance of success than athletes who don't. You know, we've got, we've got the Masters going on right now and you watch some of these great golfers they take the time to see their shot before they hit it. You listen to them afterwards. And they'll talk about visualizing. One of the Chiefs' great players, Tyrone Matthew, talks about visualization. I've listened to him get interviewed numerous times. He talks frequently about how during the week he will watch video, watch tape of their upcoming opponent and visualize himself. I've never met him. This is just what I've heard him say. He will visualize himself out on the field and playing in those scenarios. One of the reasons he's one of the top safeties in the league. Outside of his physical talents, mentally, he does that as well. So taking the time to visualize mentally prepare is so important. And now, with the scenario we're dealing with, taking the time to visualize and mentally prepare for all these things that are going on is maybe more important. And that's where I think your job as a coach is to do that. We've got a lot of things happening in life today that are stressful. And I think it's, it's more important than ever to take the time to talk about feelings, to talk about emotions, to talk about fears, talk about anxieties with your kids. 
panic attacks happen because people build up this stuff inside. And it could be some, something that happened earlier on. It could be some, something they're afraid of at that moment. But panic happens, in, panic attacks happen in sports, primarily for those reasons, a fear of screwing up, fear of expectations, fear of letting people down. Oftentimes it's triggered by a memory of something that happened when they were early, younger or earlier in their career when they had a teammate or a coach or a parent or someone who got mad at them because they screwed up. So how you react to that, how you respond to that is so important. And your job as a coach today, like I said, is to be a good psychologist. So in my opinion, right now your job has to be the be the best communicator you can be, be the best listener you can be. Because if you do that, I think your athletes are gonna trust you more they're going to want to be around you more. They're going to want to spend more time with you. And they'll believe in you. And in light of everything going on today in our society, with this virus and all the, thing, all the tension that we have, I think taking the time to be together and work together is more important than ever. You know, I've been doing this show a long time. I'm in my 40th year of work. And... I feel very fortunate to have the opportunity to share my opinions on this station here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. If you listen to the show, tell others about it. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're podcasted on my website, winnersunlimited.com. They're also podcasted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. All you have to do is search the Sports Psychology Hour. And I'd love your feedback and comments. You can reach me at my office, which is 816-561-5556. 816-561-5556. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. I'd love to hear from you. If there's a topic you'd like me to bring up on this show, love to hear from you. Be glad to talk about it. I have the, the opportunity to have this forum to talk about my opinions on here and get in the conversation we had we had a great caller greg today i want to thank him for calling because here's the deal it's a stressful time everyone and the most important thing right now is that you take the time to take care of yourself take care of your loved ones take care of the people around you and that starts by communicating and listening and whether you're an athlete a coach a parent an official talk listen and share your thoughts with everyone if you do We'll get through this and I'll be happier. Stay safe. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. 
If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Olivia from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.